How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, Americans. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, it's an open line Friday, 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, and please do text DATA to 33777. If you would, please click the link and order my new book. I'll send you links to Amazon and Barnes & Noble, your choice. Doesn't matter. I have heard though that they both get snippety if you if you mention one and not the other. So I'm I'm doing Amazon and Barnes and Noble, but you can pre-order now. Book comes out later this year. Um, I would really, really, I'd appreciate it if you buy a copy now. There there will be an audio version later, but this pre-sales really they, it helps me look good. If nothing else, they might let me do another book. I you know the book I want to write is is about how much we've forgotten. Um, tax cuts work to stimulate the economy. You got to set money aside um, over time to grow your retirement. A two-parent nuclear household is the best way to raise kids. All the stuff we've forgotten. I, I need to. I need to put pen to paper at some point on that. Now, before I forget, and before I begin, I do want to just say real quick as a housekeeping note: Hi to Sid. Uh, um, and Sid is probably listening right now. So I went to this thing last night. It's called the Spotted Cow, and it's a, it's a, done at a Christ Covenant Church in Atlanta. It, remarkable, hundreds of of men, twenties uh, and up. A uh, lot of young guys show up at this thing, and you just sit around the fire pit, smoke a cigar, and and eat some barbecue, talk deep thoughts on on theological topics, and it was fantastic. And I mentioned it on radio yesterday, and a number of people showed up at the event because I mentioned it, and one of them was Sid, who sat right next to me and didn't realize it was me. I wasn't saying anything, uh, so he, didn't, he couldn't hear my voice. I was being talked to by some friends of mine I hadn't seen in a while, and I just thought he was one of the guys who worked at the church. And then he got up to leave, and my barber came and sat down and took his, took his seat. And I just, I mean, I, I would have said something to, to my barber, but— uh, I assume the guy worked at the church, and that's why he'd gotten up to leave. So he comes back, and he's got to sit somewhere else. And when I get up, I do speak, and he comes over and says, like, I've been sitting next to you the whole time. and didn't realize it was you. So, Sid, thank you for coming. And to the rest of you who showed up last night, it was good to see everybody. Um, it was a fun time. Uh, now i got to go venture into Eddie's attic tonight for my buddy Mike Kennebrew. And I'm a little intimidated to do that because I, I don't like big crowds, particularly big crowds in small spaces. But I'm going to give it a go for Mike. All right. We have to talk about what Joe Biden did yesterday because it's actually really funny. Um, no, it wasn't a foot in mouth thing at all. Uh, this is just so hilarious. Did you hear about this? Joe Biden went to North Carolina. We'll get to why he went to North Carolina in just a moment. But Joe Biden, you know, it is that one of the endearing things about Joe Biden, if there are any, he likes ice cream. I myself like ice cream. A few years ago, 
my wife and kids got me this Italian ice cream machine. It's called a Lula Meso. It's made in Italy, and it has the compressor built in, so you don't have to pre-freeze the bowl. If you've never made ice cream, you got to pre-freeze everything. Everything's going to be cold with this this Italian ice cream maker. You don't have to freeze anything. The compressor's built in. It weighs about 80 pounds, this thing. makes two quarts of ice cream in 15 minutes. It, it compresses. It, it chills. It makes fantastic ice cream. And I am a master of homemade ice cream. Salted caramel ice cream is my unique ice cream that I love to make. It's great with my pound cake. Um, but I, you know, vanilla is actually one of the hardest ice creams to make because you can either get it not vanilla enough or you can get it too vanilla. I do a very good vanilla ice cream, and I have learned, and several chefs have told me that vanilla ice cream, of all the things, is actually probably the hardest ice cream to make uh, because it's so technical. Joe Biden loves ice cream. Who doesn't? You know, the number one state in the nation for purchases of ice cream is Utah. The Mormons love them some ice cream. So Joe, you're like Erickson, get to the point. Sorry, it's one of those days. Joe goes to North Carolina, and he goes to cookout. If you've never been to a cookout, cookout has like 48 to 50 varieties of milkshakes you can get. Now, here's the catch. They're not really milkshakes. You will suck your cheeks inside out trying to drink one of these things. They come with a spoon, too. I don't really get particularly the vanilla one, which is my favorite because— so when I was a kid, I realized I'm going on tangents today, y'all. It's just one of those things. My, my brain's a little scattered here. So when I was a kid, there was this restaurant called Bobby's Drive-In from my down from the street from my grandparents, and you'd get a cup of ice cream, and Cookout's ice cream tastes just like it. It was the best. You can get all these different milkshakes at Cookout, but they're not really milkshakes. They're more like blizzards from Dairy Queen because they're not they're too thick. You can't so you got to eat them with a spoon, but it's fine. So Joe Biden goes to cookout where you can get all these things, and I'm pretty sure he got the vanilla ice cream. And somebody puts up a picture and says, everybody's happy at cookout, especially the president. A great day for high-speed internet milkshakes in North Carolina. Democratic booster of the president. Well, there's a problem. Joe Biden has been to North Carolina before three years ago. And Joe Biden went to cookout that time. And Joe Biden stood in front of the cookout sign and took his picture then and now. It might have been the same cookout. I don't know. What I do know is that prices on the board have gone up 28% from his last visit. Used to be just under six bucks, and now it's six uh, seven sixty nine for the uh, for the tray, not the junior tray, but the regular tray at Cookout. This is the problem with Cookout. Cookout like like bothers me because they have this massive menu, and it just it gives me anxiety to try to figure out the menu. So I always go and I just get the milkshake because there's so many options at Cookout. It is it is you have to know before you go to buy, otherwise you're gonna be one of those people who staring like I just want a hamburger. Do you want a little hamburger? Do you want a big hamburger? Do you want a small hamburger? Do you want a double hamburger? Do you want an extra large hamburger? Do you want a jumbo hamburger? Do you want two baddies, three baddies, cheese, no cheese? Ah, it gives me anxiety to order a cookout. Seven sixty nine for a cookout tray. That's not a bad deal, but it was like five something three years ago. Office Wi-Fi slower. The picture would load by now. <laughs> but yeah, 
It's the increase is 28%. This is why people are upset with Joe Biden. This is why people are upset with Biden, and, and the media doesn't get it. The Democrats don't get it. They keep lecturing us, telling us we should be happy and we should be grateful and the economy is fine. But there's been a big increase. And you know what the left's response is? Well, this is corporate greed. It's corporate greed. You know, a left-wing uh, think tank has come out today and said we wouldn't have inflation but for corporate profits. Do you all understand how restaurants work? Restaurants, this may shock progressives who don't understand how business works. Restaurants don't want to keep raising prices every time there's inflation. So they do jumps in price. Chick-fil-A, for example, only raises prices every several years, and they do a big jump. Your price goes up. And then as the cost of goods continue to go up and up and up and up, their profit margin becomes less and less and less and less. And they've padded that into the calculation. So, yes, it's true. A lot of restaurants jumped up their prices higher than inflation because they got to make a profit to be able to do upgrades, keep the lights on, all that sort of stuff. And also, they don't want to keep raising prices constantly. Why? Because every time they do, they got to replace the signs and menus, and that costs a lot of money. So they try to do it every few years to keep up with inflation and dress it. When the profit margin uh, reduces to a certain point, they then jack up prices again. I think someone told me one time it's like every five years at Chick-fil-A they try try to raise prices and and because of inflation lately it's been like a three-year thing. But every time they do it, they gotta replace the menus, they gotta replace everything, they gotta update their software and their reflect the prices on the app. All every restaurant goes through this. Every time you raise prices, you gotta redo the menus. And that's expensive. So they try to do these jumps. So all these progressives say, Oh, it's it's because they're greed. It's great. No. So you run a business. Now, progressives don't run businesses. They try to destroy businesses, so they don't know this, but that's what's going on here. Now, what's also notable is why Biden is in North Carolina. Why would he be in North Carolina? See, here's the problem. I want to go back to this clip. Where was this? Earlier this week, it was Donna Brazil. I want to play you this from Donna Brazil. It was on Sunday on This Week on ABC. I know a little bit about the Iowa caucuses. I've actually won them twice on the Democratic side, so I'm very proud of that. I, I have winter clothes because of the Iowa caucuses, but thank God I'm not there this weekend because I would need additional winter clothes. But here's the thing. Um, the word on the street is that Donald Trump learned the lesson from 2016 when he lost the caucuses to Ted Cruz. He learned early on that this was an organizing event. And while he has had lots of rallies, he used those rallies to, to, to really focus on his base. So if this is an organizing event, he can get his people to the caucus, he can improve turnout. But the thing that I saw in the, the Des Moines Register, NBC, all the polls, is that first-time caucus scores. I mean, that's the ballgame. And they are overwhelmingly enthusiastic about supporting. And there's 100,000 more Republicans in Iowa than there was uh, eight years mm -hmm. ago. Well, I'm going to just say this, and, and some of my Democratic friends will not send me an uh, 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 email later. When you abandon a state, whether it's Iowa or Louisiana, then you let the Republicans in. We've abandoned too many states trying to focus on winning the battleground and not looking at the future trends. And so I'm, I'm not surprised that uh, Republicans have taken over several counties in, in the state itself. It's much greater than it was 
uh, when Barack Obama won the state. But you know what? At the end of the day, it, it is a ground game. And if you have the wherewithal to get your people to those caucuses, it's his, it's his to win. That's exactly why Biden is in North Carolina, because the Democrats have seen the trend lines and they want to put more states on the map. Uh, Donna Brazil is leading a, a, a vocal number of prominent Democrats to tell Joe Biden, stop focusing on the core swing states. You all know the core swing states. The core swing states right now are Wisconsin, Nevada, Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Georgia, maybe Michigan. Those are the core swing states. Those five to six states will determine the election. But there's a state like North Carolina that has trended Republican, but only barely. It's got a Democratic governor. This year is going to be a a gubernatorial race in North Carolina. They should consider North Carolina a swing state. And Joe Biden is going to North Carolina to try to signal to Democrats that he understands this, whether or not he can make this a Democratic state in the 2024 election, whether or not he can help the Democrats take the governor's mansion, whether or not he can help the Democrats pick up some wins in the state legislature. It doesn't look good for them. The state legislature or the state Supreme Court moved to the GOP. The Republicans were allowed to redistrict after the, the partisan change in the new uh, North Carolina Supreme Court. That's why Biden's going. But to go to cookout and stand in front of a sign that three years ago was five ninety nine and today is seven sixty nine and try to claim that everything is hunky-dory and good and and the economy is fantastic, doesn't hold up well. And this is the fundamental thing that that the American media doesn't understand. Now, let me give you a wild card. A a reporter from Illinois reached out to me this morning and said, complete the sentence before 2024 is over. This could happen and disrupt the race. And I said, oil prices spike. You've got this destabilizing situation in the Middle East. You've got Iran now uh, in, in Pakistan taking shots at each other. You've got the Houthi tying up uh, cargo ships in the uh, Red Sea. There's been another attack overnight on another cargo ship. You have the situation in Israel, the destabilization there, the problems with Saudi Arabia. The left is trying to get Joe Biden to oust Brett McGurk, his Middle East advisor who has tried to rebuild ties with Saudi Arabia. You can see a massive spike in oil prices that boosts inflation yet again, that in turn weakens the economy, keeps interest rates high, craters Joe Biden's election chances, and puts Donald Trump in the White House. And Democrats are scared to death of that scenario, which is why I still think you could get to the Democratic convention and they say, you know what, we got to ditch Biden. We got to come up with a fresh face and move beyond this, allow someone to criticize his economy. And Andy Bashir or someone like that from Kentucky, who's perceived as a moderate. All these things could happen. And the fact that the Democrats just can't understand that this inflation is not corporate greed. This inflation is because of their policies. They can't take responsibility for it because it'll hurt them. And yet they're being hurt because Americans know it's their fault. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. 
Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Greetings, conversationalists. It's an open line Friday here at the Eric Erickson Show, 877-973-7425. AJ, you're going to be the first caller today. Welcome. Hey, Eric, I've been wanting to ask you uh, if you think the Jewish community, which has been very heavily loyal to Democrats, if you think they will migrate heavily towards voting Republican based on how they've been treated and the same way that the Hispanic community uh, uh, migrated heavily towards Republican, uh, you know, in the last few years. You know, so it's funny you say this. Uh, I've had a number of conversations with pollsters who tell me that on the particular issue of what's happening in Israel right now, there is a noticeable shift towards the GOP from Jewish voters. It's small, but when you have a very close race, those small margins still matter. A lot of younger Jewish voters actually look on Israel as an apartheid state. They've gotten very woke and progressive. Um, but as they are treated badly with no distinction from Israel, some of them are starting to move to the right as well. And, and it has everything to do with their treatment from the Democratic coalition, not so much the GOP. And, and so I don't know how long it will be, if it will be a, a temporary thing for this election cycle or a long-term phenomenon, in large part because it, so much of it is about what's happening in Israel right now and not about the long term, um, not about long term ideas within Israel and or, or treatment of Israel or the Republican Party. It's just the here and now, because they don't like Republicans' views on, for example, uh, social issues, um, gay marriage issues, transgenderism in a lot of cases, abortion in particular. They're not really conservatives per se or really Republican, but they recognize the GOP is a party that is strongly pro-Israel compared to what they're getting in the Democratic coalition. And that sort of thing actually matters pretty greatly to them. So at least for now, I think we'll see that shift happen. Uh, Small margins, but small margins in tight elections matter greatly. Same with Hispanic and black voters. All right. We need to talk about the Constitution for a minute because a lot of people really forget about the Constitution and and the parameters of the Constitution, left and right. Don't say it's just the left these days because a lot of people on the right get so emotionally these days, they forget about it as well, which is why Hillsdale College wants to educate Americans. They offer free online courses about the Constitution you can sign up for, and they're doing their Constitution Minute on this radio program. I'm so excited to have Hillsdale because I'm a big fan of Larry Arnn and Hillsdale. I tried to get my kid to go to Hillsdale, but... She wants to be a rocket engineer. They didn't have the program, so she's not. And winter in Michigan is something for the hardy souls. But if y'all ever met people who went to Hillsdale College, they're some of the best. Uh, some of the best, the brightest, the hardest working. I got a lot of friends who went there. I, I'm a huge fan of them, and I'm a huge fan of what they do teaching people about the Constitution. If you go to ericforhillsdale.com, you can get a free pocket Constitution from Hillsdale College. I've got one. They're great. ericforhillsdale.com, E-R-I-C-K. Not only that, you can hear the Constitution Minute ads that they're running during the program, and you can listen, learn about the Constitution, 
You can take a free class from Hillsdale on the Constitution. You can forward the Constitution minutes to your friends, particularly your progressive friends, ericforhillsdale.com. Get your free pocket Constitution, ericforhillsdale.com. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425 if you wish to be on the program. Um, I, I, I've got a, a – I don't want to be accused of talking about Georgia just because I happen to be in Georgia, but it's a Atlanta story that everybody can learn from, particularly Washington, D.C., Homicides are down in Atlanta 21%. 21%. That's a that's a pretty good drop in crime, particularly given what's been happening in a lot of urban areas. Do, do you know why Atlanta has seen such a massive drop? And a 21% year-over-year drop is a big drop in crime. Now, a lot of other urban areas have also seen a decline, but nothing like Atlanta. Do you know why Atlanta's done it? Well, the new mayor decided that they needed to focus on guns and gangs. Surprise! Surprise! Um, the, the mayor of Atlanta, Andre Dickens, has been worried about the northern part of the city trying to break away because of the crime up there. So he empowered the police, and they just got aggressive at cracking down on gangs and guns. And remarkably, there's been a massive crash in crime. New York City, of all things, has started something similar with the mayor up there, who's a former police officer, started getting policemen in plain clothes to start walking through the city, looking for people who look suspicious, searching them for guns and taking them. The progressives are trying to shut that down in New York City. It turns out when you actually crack down on crime, you reduce the crime rate. It's remarkable. Every city nationwide should be paying attention to this, but too many of them are in the clutches of the wokes, and they can't get out of their way. They would rather have the crime than recognize that the way to get rid of it is through aggressive law enforcement. Police officers are not the enemy, but the wokes believe that they are everywhere nationwide. Now, I was going to talk about this, but before I do, I'm going to let Frank get on here to talk about this. Frank, welcome to the show. Perfect timing on your call. Hey, Eric. It's a first-time caller, and I enjoy your show very much. Thank you. Uh, I am upset. This is my opinion, reading about Willis trying to push the Trump thing onto the prosecutor's wife. Yes. And... That is so wrong, and the Democrats need to wake up as to what's going on here. It's her fault on what's going on, and she's trying to change it. Okay, so so frankly, look, first of all, what I appreciate you calling on this. Let, let me set the stage for everybody here, Frank. Fawny Willis is the prosecutor in Georgia who's prosecuting Donald Trump. Uh, Ashley Merchant is the lawyer for Mike Roman, one of the defendants. He was an opposition researcher, and his lawyer, Ashley Merchant, filed the motion to dismiss the case because Willis has been having an affair with the special prosecutor, didn't disclose the conflict of interest. He's been paid a lot of money and doted on Fonnie Willis. He's going through a divorce with his ex-wife. So the ex-wife has subpoenaed Fonnie Willis to give a pretrial deposition to answer questions. Now, Fawny Willis has struck back 
The DA says the subpoena should be quashed because, quote, Ms. Wade has conspired with interested parties in the criminal election interference case to use the civil discovery process to annoy, embarrass, and oppress District Attorney Willis. Defendant Jocelyn Wade has not objected to Michael Roman's motion to unseal the proceedings despite having previously sought it and having benefited from its protection for more than two years. This is hilarious. They also say her behavior suggests that Defendant Jocelyn Wade is using the legal process to harass and embarrass District Attorney Willis and in doing so is obstructing and interfering with an ongoing criminal prosecution. What arrogance. What entitlement to claim the district attorney who cheated on a married with a married woman's husband is being oppressed as opposed to the wife of the married man that the wife of the married man who cheated on her with the DA the wife is not the victim but the oppressor this is some next level bs from Vaughnie Willis oh i would say the word but i'd get in trouble y'all this is horse manure that somehow Vaughnie Willis the adulteress is the victim that that the the actual victim the wife who was cheated on has conspired to help Donald Trump the arrogance and entitlement of this show the arrogance and entitlement of it to, to how dare this woman interfere i'm prosecuting the former president of the united states yeah you cheated on her cheated on her with her husband you committed adultery apparently that the a in da is a scarlet red a that she needs to stick on her chest so we can be reminded that she's the cheater to say she's oppressed, to say she's oppressed. She doesn't deny it, by the way. She doesn't deny it. Let's just call this what this is. She's trying to use outrage to avoid having to answer the difficult questions of why she chose to put her adultery partner in charge of an investigation and paid him almost a million dollars. And then he took her on expensive trips and cruises. That's what's going on here. What's really telling to me is that Ashley Merchant and her motion cites the conflicts of interest and cites the law and the laws of conflict of interest. I mean, this is a, a, a y'all, this is actually a really big issue. It is a conflict of interest. Like this is basic legal ethics. When you're in law school, usually it's your third year in law school, it was my third year, typically is, you have to go through a legal ethics class. When you're a prosecutor, and you're committing adultery, and your adultering partner is who you pick to give a big outside contract to, that is an ethics violation. 
because you didn't disclose it. Now, if he's a, a competent, qualified person, you've got an argument, but he's not. He has not prosecuted a case like this. As Ashley Merchant points out in her um, in her motion, she looked into his record. She knows him. He's not a RICO prosecutor. So if you have the conflict of interest, but he's qualified, you can get around it. But even if he's qualified, you got to disclose it. I'm sorry. I'm in an adulterous relationship with him, but he's the only qualified person, so I still need him, even though we're cheating on his spouse together. Willis didn't do that. And now she wants to claim she's oppressed. The civil discovery process is meant to annoy, embarrass, and oppress the district attorney. Who the hell does this woman think she is? She is not the victim. She's the adulteress. Allegedly. <laughs> I mean, come on here. I, I, the arrogance of this. It, it, so Ashley Merchant, she lays out the facts. She lays out the law. She lays out the allegation of the conflict of interest. And Vaughnie Willis says, you can't question me. You can't question me. You are oppressing me. You are oppressing my authority. Don't you know who I am? And that's what this response is. It's a, don't you know who I am? I am the prosecutor of Donald Trump. You can't stop me. You are oppressing me. That is arrogance. That's not a legal defense. That's arrogance. It is the same arrogance that leads you to steal a married woman's husband from her. That's sociopathy. Good Lord. What is going on at the, the Fulton County District Attorney's Office? You, Fawny Willis, are not the victim here. A woman is a victim here. You and her husband committed adultery, and he took money out of her checking account. She, He made her go broke, and you don't care about that. You're upset because you feel like you're embarrassed. Maybe you shouldn't have been committing adultery with the married woman's husband and then decided to make him the guy to prosecute Donald Trump. Fawny Willis, my mama always said, your sins will find you out. Yours have found you out, and you don't like it. And you're going to scream oppression and say this is some sort of conspiracy to help Donald Trump. This literally, this is this is this is from the filing about uh, Joycelyn Wade. Here's the direct quote: "Has conspired with interested parties in the criminal election interference case to use the civil discovery process to annoy, embarrass, and oppress District Attorney Willis." Really? They're claiming this is in some way to help Donald Trump. There's another quote. It suggests that defendant Jocelyn Wade is using the legal process to harass and embarrass District Attorney Willis and in so doing is obstructing and interfering with an ongoing criminal prosecution. Really? This woman is obstructing and interfering with an ongoing criminal prosecution by asking the district attorney to answer about cheating on this with this woman's husband. 
the level of arrogance, the level of unbridled arrogance. It's the same sort of arrogance that you see when someone puts her adultering partner in a position of power to prosecute a former president so she can fundraise off of it to run for higher office. It, it is that level of arrogance. And by the way, even the Democrats realize this is a huge problem. As I mentioned yesterday, you're not hearing these, um, you're not hearing from the New York Times or MSNBC Republicans pounce. Or accusations say, even on MSNBC, they're they're like, uh, y'all, this is a real problem. This could get the entire case thrown out. Yes, it could and it should. And I hope that the judge, McAfee, is paying attention to the outrageous arrogance of this response in this case, the don't-you-know-who-I-am attitude, I'm being oppressed from prosecuting the former president by someone whose husband I cheated with. That level of arrogance right there suggests that the entire case should be thrown out. Otherwise, she's not going to learn a lesson. Good for the wife standing up for herself. Good for her for standing up for herself. Now, I got to move on to Old Glory Bank because in addition to all this happening, there is a movement in the country to for banks to regulate how you can use your bank account. So there are a number of banks out there, for example, that won't let you direct payments to gun companies. If you want to buy a gun, in fact, there was a credit union the other day that had changed the terms of the service and said you can't make gun purchases from your account. You'll never run into that with Old Glory Bank. You'll never run into that for being a conservative because Old Glory Bank was started by conservatives. So they bought a bank, existing bank in Oklahoma. You know, there was another startup that tried to start a whole bank, and it's a complicated process. The, the guys at Old Glory Bank were smart. They just went out and they found a good, stable, reliable bank. They rebranded it to Old Glory Bank. It's my bank. I have checking and savings with them. I'm getting my kids their accounts with them. It's oldglorybank.com. OldGloryBank.com. It is a real, legitimate, FDIC-insured bank headquartered out of Oklahoma that caters to conservatives in this age of debanking and cancel culture. You're never going to have to worry about that. And listen, if you're a gun store, I know multiple gun stores. In fact, Governor's Gun Club up up near me in, in Kennesaw, Georgia, had this happen with their bank. Shut them down. Sent them their, closed down their account and sent them a check for the balance and said, you can't use this anymore because they were a gun store. If you're a conservative, if you're a gun owner, any gun store, anything like that, you need a checking account, a savings account, business account, oldglorybank.com, oldglorybank.com. You can set it up in less than eight minutes. It's a great bank filled with fantastic people, oldglorybank.com. They legit, they are my bank. I do online banking with them. I can deposit check. I can actually take cash to many local CVSs, for example, and deposit it through a system they have, and it goes into my bank account. It's so great. I mean, peace of mind. Don't have to worry about not having a local branch there. I can find places where I can drop off money, get it deposited into the account, use online bill pay so much. It's so good. Oldglorybank.com, oldglorybank.com. This hour is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. They are in Noonan, Georgia, and it doesn't matter if you're in Kalispell, Montana, Grand Forks, North Dakota, Lafayette, Louisiana, wherever you are in charge of the finances of business, you want your business to grow, First Liberty can help you grow. If you're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, buying out a business partner, competitor, whatever you need, firstlibertyga.com, $250,000 or more, reach out to them, tell them I sent you, firstlibertyga.com. By the way... You know what's a crime in the state of Georgia? Adultery. Sure is. It's a crime in the state of Georgia. 
It is. Uh, maybe maybe Fawny Willis should be charged and um, have to write a letter of apology like she did uh, some of those people in the Trump case. <laughs> Good grief. Um, I, 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 I need, listen, my legislature is meeting right now, the Georgia legislature, but Congress is also meeting. And I need either the Georgia legislature or the federal Congress to pass a law and do it very quickly. It is a very simple law. I have thought about this hard, and I need them to pass this law this year, ASAP, STAT. It shall be a crime to advertise any product like a cinnamon roll without notifying the consumer that raisins are embedded in it. And should said product be sold without notification of raisins in it, the seller shall get the death penalty. There should be it should be a capital crime to sell a product with raisins in it without telling you there's raisins in it. Like when you get a chocolate chip cookie and you bite into it and it's a raisin and you didn't know. Or my experience this morning, I got a cinnamon roll and that sucker had so many raisins in it and you couldn't see it. For, and I looked and it said cinnamon roll and you could not visibly tell there were raisins. And I got one of these suckers. And it had raisins in it. Raisins are dehydrated grapes, and grapes are gross to begin with. And raisins are double gross because they're shriveled up grapes. They are disgusting. They're like the boogers of the fruit world, and nobody should eat them. And if you put them in products and don't tell people, you should die. You should absolutely have the death penalty against you for putting them in products and selling them without notifying people. I have strongly held opinions on raisins. They are so terribly gross. When I was a little kid— and my Aunt Shirley was my kindergarten teacher, and she tried to get me to eat a raisin. I spit that sucker out, and she said she's going to tell my mama. And I told her that was okay. My mama knew I did not like raisins. I've never liked raisins. Y'all, they got to force me to take communion at church because I don't like grapes. Jesus, the one thing he got wrong in the Bible, he should have turned the water to bourbon. But they didn't have bourbon back then. They didn't They didn't make it back then, but they knew how to make wine, so they had to turn it into wine. And forever we have to suffer through this grape juice and wine at church, and grapes are disgusting. And raisins are even more disgusting, particularly embedded in desserts. I'm just saying, death penalty. Now, we have to move on to legitimate items beyond my hatred of shriveled grapes. The market is speaking, and do you know what the market is saying? Nobody wants the Ford F-150 Lightning or most battery-powered cars. Not only that, they're screaming about threats to democracy on MSNBC, claiming Donald Trump should be kept off the ballot. Oh, the irony. We'll get to that when we come back right here on The Eric Erickson Show. <laughs> 